Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. John chapter 18, who brought your Bibles to church? Who actually, oh, come on, it's getting better and better. Sean raises his phone in Jesus' name. John chapter 18. We've been going through these final moments this week prior to Jesus going to the cross. And um, this is, I'm going to be honest, church, this is a little bit different of a teaching for me as I've gone through this series. I, I, I'm normally one that I, I like to get a passage and I like to look at it and I try to articulate it to speak to us and minister to us. And the word does that always. Um, but this has been really more of an in-depth look at what's happening in the life of Jesus in these final moments. And yes, that will speak to us. And yes, that'll move us. And yes, that'll teach us. And that's what I pray today, that as we look at this moment, that, that we get a deeper picture of the heart of God. That we have a better understanding, a revelation of what was all happening, all why this moment, why these moments all were happening. And so we've, we've gone through the garden and we, we went through the Last Supper and we a couple weeks ago, went through Palm Sunday, which today is Palm Sunday. And so um, we canceled the donkeys and the palm branches. And we said we did that a couple weeks ago. And so I'm sorry if you came and you're wondering where all the branches are. Um, the kids made them. I heard in Kids Zone. And um, that's awesome. It's funnier in my head today than anybody out there this morning. But um, right now, we want to just take this final moment and look at the, the, the literal hours before Jesus made his way up to Calvary and went to the cross when he stands before Pilate. When he stands before the Roman Empire and the people of Israel, the Jewish people are standing there and they're proclaiming and declaring that he's guilty. And um, nine o'clock service was great. It was good. No offense to anybody at nine. If anybody's watching right now online, they're like, how's that nine? It was awesome. But the presence of God is here. And I was sitting there and I was, we were singing that song, You Are Worthy of It All. And I just got done preaching this. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, maybe I just want to say this to somebody to encourage you. Um, Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to my life. Like, I, I, I have everything I need in Jesus. And watching what he did for us, realizing the, the, just the craziness of these final moments and what he overcame to get to that cross and to get to what he needed to do for me and for you, it's the best thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. And so I want us to lean in here for a moment. Let the scripture speak to us. And I'll do my best to teach this, to get through this, to help us. And then I'm going to leave us with a question as we go from this place today. What we're talking about today, I put a title to this, The Tale of Two Kingdoms. A Tale of Two Kingdoms. We're going to see how the, uh, uh, the power and the authority of King Jesus stands up against the rulers and the principalities of darkness. In this moment where Jesus is before Pilate, this is a moment where the rulers of the kingdom of the world are standing up against the king of kings. And so John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40, let's read it together. It's going to be up on the screen. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, 
What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. They're speaking of Jesus. If, if Jesus wasn't a criminal, we wouldn't hand him over to you. He, he's a criminal, they're, they're saying in essence. Pilate said, well, then take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back into the palace, inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answers as only Jesus can. Is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Catch Jesus's response right there, please. If you don't hear anything, the, the, the Roman ruler of that region is standing there with all authority of the Roman Empire and basically says like, yo, what, what's going on here? Who are you? Like, what have you done? And Jesus doesn't answer what he has done. He tells him about his dad. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my, sermons would, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now... My kingdom is from another place. Well, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Catch that? Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus is saying. What is truth? How many know that question that was asked then is still being asked today? What is truth? What is really true today? What is, what is really true? Pilate said. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there, and said, I, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back. How many of you know, when you're, when you're mad, when you're angry, you don't talk back, you shout. They're, they're agitated. They're mad. No, not him. Give us Barabbas. No, not Jesus. Give us Barabbas. A tale of two kingdoms. This is a powerful story, a moment where I've read this and I've soaked in this all week and it's spoken to me about just, man, what is actually happening here? If you've grown up in the church like I have, I hear these stories every single year as we get up to Easter. But I think this one, for the first time, really, in my 10 years of serving the Lord, has really spoken to me and just showed me what actually was happening. Jesus just leaves the garden with his disciples after getting betrayed by Judas and gets arrested and gets taken before the high priest and, and the leaders. And now is before Pilate, who Pilate, if you guys know anything about history or even the Bible, like the Roman Empire was the ruling empire of that time. They owned everything. They had everything. They had all authority. Caesar was the one who was in charge. You with me? And so now no longer are just the, the, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders now bringing Jesus into this moment. But now Pilate is brought in. The, the, the Roman Empire is brought in. So you have this idea that there is Jesus, the one that is called the King of Kings. And you have groups of people, Jew and Gentile, the Roman Empire and the religious people standing there representing the kingdoms of the world. 
And this is a scene that is incredibly important for us to catch that Jesus is right here in this moment, betrayed, has just been beaten, flogged, spit on, slapped. Scripture says that as he was getting arrested and being taken before power, that people were able to walk up to him and just slap him across the face. And he's standing there. And what appears to be, to me and to many, there's almost this cosmic battle of power taking place. There is this battle that is taking place with the political rulers of the world and the king of the universe. And right here, even before we get to Friday, before we get to the cross, before we get to the empty tomb, Jesus right here, I'm going to give you the end of my message at the beginning. Is that okay? You with me? Is that okay? Maybe I'll just say and you guys can go home. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll keep preaching if you want me to. Okay. Two of you. Great. The rest of you, I'll say it. Just get up. In this moment, Jesus literally, by his actions and by listening to his father's words, disarms every ruler of principalities of darkness. Now, how many of you heard that before? I, I, I was like, well, it's just a trial. It's just a scene. No, no, no. How many of you know anything that deals with the kingdom of God, it's supernatural. We believe in the supernatural here. Stranger things, you all like that? Y'all love Stranger Things. I've never seen it, to be honest. I've seen a couple episodes, and I saw something crawling out of a classroom board, and I was like, I'm turning this in Jesus' name. I'm covering my TV and baptize. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you all love, we all love Stranger Things. The reality is, is that we are a part of a supernatural kingdom where there are powers and principalities of darkness that stand against us day in and day out. In this moment, Jesus literally begins to disarm them one at a time for you and for me. I love Jesus, and I'm so thankful for that. This is a cosmic battle. This is a moment where a face-off, a tale of two kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of the world. And Jesus stands there completely innocent in his father's eyes, completely innocent in reality, in our eyes, completely guilty, a guilty man that claimed to be the son of God, that, that claimed to have all authority and was guilty in the eyes of those religious leaders and was guilty as being just a man that was raising up a crowd in regards to the Roman Empire. But a battle, an unfolding moment where Jesus stands with all authority of his father and speaks and declares that the kingdom of heaven is here. And so he shows us a couple things in this scene. I just want to share with us. I want to just get deeper into this moment and into the scene. And we're going to pray for us and we're going to go and we'll be back Friday. But Jesus, in this moment, he does something profoundly interesting to me. He begins to unveil the darkness of the world's kingdoms. Jesus, all throughout his time on earth, he, he taught of the kingdom of heaven, right? He said, the kingdom of heaven is like, right? This is interactive church. We, we talk back even with your mask on. He teaches about how, how, how a man found the, the, the kingdom of heaven and sold everything he had to go after. He teaches what the kingdom of heaven is like and how it operates and what it does. And in this moment, without saying much, Jesus is unveiling now more than ever the powers of the darkness of this world. And it's profoundly crazy to me that as he stands in the midst of this courtyard of, of this palace, think of a, a massive structure, a palace with double levels, they would say, where, where everyone was standing in there. And Jesus is at the center of the Roman Empire, of this ruler. He's standing there. 
Catch this, just for a second. Jesus is standing there, already beaten, already placed with a robe on, already had a crown of thorns placed. Like he's standing there in the midst of the ruling empire and of the religious people. And he begins to just unveil and unveil and show where these people are at. It even says that Pilate goes out to the people and he says, what has this man done? What has he done? Like, why do you bring him to me? What did, the, what did this guy do? He's just a man. So Pilate's darkness is the fact that he just sees Jesus as a man. Because in that time, the Romans, they had their gods. They served their gods. They had their deities. Hello, you with me? Like, this is history one-on-one. They had their people that they served. They had their little statues. They served Caesar. Caesar was their god. And so, so, so Pilate's like, this guy's just a man. So Pilate's uh, being shown, the Roman Empire's being shown in that moment that they don't have a clue. They're filled with darkness. And then you have the religious people going, if he was innocent, we wouldn't have brought him to you. If he didn't do what we're saying he did, we wouldn't have brought him to you. They were filled with darkness. They were filled with hearts of darkness. They they knew the law. They knew the Torah. They knew all the things that, that God had done and everything. And now they're at the point where the king of kings is standing there. The savior, the Messiah. And they go, kill him. Kill him. What does it reveal? How dark their hearts were. And what's interesting about John's gospel and account is that we're going to go back a few chapters to chapter one. John in chapter one begins to to share that, that, that Jesus came and that what he was coming to do was to bring light to the dark was coming to bring light to the places where there was darkness, coming to bring light to those that were far off and that would call upon his name. John writes in chapter one about how how he was the light of the world and that light was made known through him and, and the world did not know him and the world did not receive him. And then John continues in chapter three. We all love John 3, 16. Come on, how many of you can recite that frontward, backwards, every which way? And for God so loved the world that he gave. And then it continues in verse 17, for God did not send his own son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it, the world through him. How many of you thankful that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world? So why are we? Now, listen, I'm not sitting here saying you, we, there's not standards. There's not, there's not, there's not things that we listen and we follow to hear me. Don't walk out of here and be like, my pastor told me I can do whatever I want. I will come find you. And I'll bring some boys with me that don't love Jesus. And we'll have a, I'm just kidding. That's a real, <laughs> pastor's threatening me. No, I'm not. I'm just love. It's a joke. Just don't. Someone's tweeting right now. I'm going to be. <laughs> Under my head. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. And what are we doing? This is another sermon. I'm just giving you an extra little nugget. Right? How quick are we to condemn Instead of leaning in going, hey, 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 coworker, why do you, why do you act like that? What happened to you? What, what, what went on with you? What pain are you actually sitting in? Because the pain you're projecting is nothing to do with me. It's, so I got a solution. You with me, church? So let's be quick to not condemn because it says Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. But to save it, and whoever believes in him is, that's not even my message, that's just a good word, pastor, amen, thank you. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they had not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Whoever did not believe is already condemned. 
You have the religious leaders, the one that knew this, the one that heard all about this, are standing there in darkness because they say, he's not the son of God. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Church, can I say this? I'm going to. If you really have been transformed and changed by Jesus, your life will show it. Oh, you're talking works-based salvation? No, but I am saying that your works and the fruit of your life will show what's happened inside of your heart. And if this thing's looking the same way as it did before you became a new person when you were dead, and it's still the same thing, you need to get back and go, Jesus, there's some places in my heart that are still really dark. Amen. Because it says that if you actually had the truth, if you had the light, then you will live in light. The best thing is, is that Jesus calls us to light. And in this moment, in this cosmic battle scene, he's revealing, yo, there's darkness everywhere. I'm the light. I'm the light. And if you deny me, you're going to deny me. I'm a, I'm a, it says Jesus still is going to come and pursue and all that, but the darkness is real. See, we got to catch this because if we don't have a theology of evil and darkness, we won't actually have an understanding of what it means to be in the light. Okay, <laughs> this is the 11 o'clock service. I love you all. This is a blessing to be here together. Amen? But we have graced, grace, 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 grace filled the church. Do whatever you want. Grace. Act however you want. Grace. Why am I doing this? I have no idea. Grace. I, it's like I'm sprinkling grace. I almost, I almost, grace. I love and I'm thankful for the grace of God. Anybody thankful for the grace of God? Every hand should go up just for the sake of participation. Put your hand up, put your, you love the grace of God. Yeah, thank you. If your hand's not up, we're going to have a prayer meeting afterward. I love the grace of God. It changed my life. I was dead, like six feet under dead. And the grace of God radically came into my life. I love grace. But if we get this idea that it's all just, just grace and it's all good and it's all these things and we don't understand that there's actually evil and there's actually wickedness and there's actually a war raging and there's a battle happening, not necessarily here in the natural, but in the supernatural realm that the scriptures have talked about, that everything has been cleared, we're going to get a misunderstanding of what it means to be in the light. And I know that's weird and heavy and you got questions, email them to jordan.flutter at oasischurchchicago.com, wherever he's at. But we got to catch this, that this battle is happening right before the eyes of Jesus. And he stands there, innocent. And he unveils the powers of darkness and of authority. This is how you guys are acting. This is how you guys are acting. This is what's happening. This is a scene. This is a moment that the kingdom of darkness is showing its colors. Even though the light of the world is standing before them. The light of the world is standing before him. I, I, I had a moment this week. I, I, had a, I had a moment of pride. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have rejected Jesus. I 100% would have. And don't anybody judge me because you probably would have too. I'm bringing everybody in the boat, even though I like. The light of the world is standing before them. And they reject him. They dismiss him. Jesus doesn't stand there and starts, to, he doesn't, 
begin to defend his case. He doesn't begin to get everybody rallied around and be like, guys, listen, I'm going to present my case. I'm going to present my, 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 my truth. I'm going to present it all. He just stands there. Because in this moment, Jesus' kingdom is revealed in a greater measure. That the kingdom of God is, is not one of talk, but of power. Church, can we catch this, please? Scripture says that the kingdom of God is not one of talk. You put your little bio that says, I'm a lover of Jesus, or I'm a daughter of the king, or a son of the king. That's great. Live it. I, I actually, just take it off, please, for the sake of the rest of the church and the body. I love you all. I love you all. I just, I just, I'm like, I feel that right now. Like, stop. It's not of talk. The world has seen enough talk of the church. They've seen enough talk, and now they're looking to go like, what are you guys actually about? And in this moment, Jesus doesn't need to talk. His power is going to be shown. Woo! The power that he's actually going to disarm every principality of darkness in a moment. Today's actually Passover. How many of you knew that? I, no hands up. Like, it's actually, thank you, amen. Like, it's actually Passover. It's actually Passover today. In the Jewish calendar, it's Passover today. So in this day, today, they are about to, in the moment, this is when they would sacrifice the lamb. And Jesus is standing before him in Passover moment. Like it says that they wouldn't walk in the temple because they didn't want to make themselves unclean. Jesus is standing there as a lamb to be slain. And in being a lamb that would slain, he disarms the rulers and the powers of darkness. Why? So that you all could walk in light and I could walk in light. This is why I get frustrated when my own life, okay, I'm just going to talk about me, when I keep falling into darkness. This is why I get, like, sick to my stomach. Like, can I be honest with you guys? Sin, it's not, it shouldn't make you feel condemned, but it should make you feel sick a little bit. Like, like I'm not talking, like, you should be beating yourself up, lashing your back, but, like, being, being a person that has been received into the light I don't want to mess up that relationship with my father. I don't want to give in to the things. Do I? Just ask my wife. She'll, say, she'll be like, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a joke funnier in my head than. But I've been in the light and you have tasted the light. And in this moment, Jesus is saying, every power of darkness is going to be disarmed. I could get real old school preacher. I forget who does it, but he's like, Friday's coming. Friday's coming. I'm like, what the mess are you yelling? Friday's coming. I'm like, it's, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? By him standing there is the lamb, spotless lamb to be slain. On Passover, he literally disarms the rulers and the kingdoms of the world. And he unveils the darkness of people's hearts. Jesus doesn't come to unveil where people are at and what their habits are and all that. He comes to unveil where their hearts are dead. Spiritual death is where your heart has turned and your heart has become hardened. And he's showing in this moment that there's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. And there's a choice to be made. And so he continues and he continues in this moment, this, this scene, this, this incredible scene where Jesus is standing there in this courtyard and there's crowds and crowds of people and they're screaming how he's guilty and Pilate's bringing him in and out, in and out, in and out. And, and, and 
Jesus reveals something even deeper here. He reveals once again the authority of his father's kingdom. The authority. I think we got to hear this, this word authority because I've been harping on it, yes, but I, I think we got to make sure we understand that if Jesus has come into your life and saved you and set you free, he's Lord over you. That he now has authority over you. Like, like my authority was given up when I said yes to Jesus. Have I, have I fought it? Yeah. But like the authority of God is on my life when I said yes to him. And Jesus comes and shows what the authority of the kingdom actually looks like. Notice something in, in John chapter 18, verses 33 through 36. I'll, I'll just go to the end there. He's saying like, who are you? Are you a king? Are you this? And, he, and Jesus says, yes, that's the truth. And he goes, well, yeah, but I'm paraphrasing. What have you done? What have you done, Jesus? Notice Jesus doesn't even answer the question. He doesn't need to. He goes, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, now pause. Catch this. He's saying that to the Roman leader of a region who's under Caesar, who in one snap of a finger could have killed Jesus. One snap. That's how, that's how this thing worked back then. You with me? They, they didn't have like courts and trials and judges. It was like, you, you talk bad about Caesar? And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. He's basically looking at Pilate in the face saying, you might be king, but my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. Jesus in this moment is not diminishing or downplaying his authority as king. Pastor Jordan, come on up. He's not downplaying or dismissing that he is king. He's very much saying, I'm the king. I'm a king, but I'm a king of, this, of a kingdom that's not of this world. And I'm not a kingdom, I'm not a king that, that came from this world. And Jesus says those two lines in this moment that really, to me, jumped out to me to show me how this whole thing works, how what he's about in a greater measure, what, what he's all about doing. He, he, right there in that moment, looks at the kingdoms that are ruling and reigning, the, the dictators, the, the authority, and he says, I operate completely different from you do. My, my kingdom is one of humility. My, my kingdom, Jesus says, is, is one of taking upon all the sins of mankind. My, my kingdom, Jesus says, is one of grace and of mercy and of love. My kingdom is one of life. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. So what Jesus is saying, his kingdom doesn't operate the way the world operates. Catch this, church. Jesus says, if my kingdom were of this world, if I did come from the world as the man you, you say I am, my servants would have been fighting. He's looking at the Roman emperor the, 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 of the region going, you, you take over kingdoms by fighting. You take over kingdoms by ruling and reigning and dictatorship. You, you, you take over by, by killing and conquering, by climbing on top of people, by destroying people. That's not how my kingdom works. Mind you, he's about to be crucified. He's saying my kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of my father, you know how it works? Humility. Kindness, love. Okay, so I wanted to focus on Jesus, but we got we to gotta catch this this morning. This is why this moment in history today, what we are part of, this cultural moment, this is why it hurts, hurts my heart to watch the church be battling with each other, with 
the world? You want to win the world? Serve them. Love them. Not approve of the stuff that happens. Hear me? Love them. Because Jesus says, my, my kingdom's not one of fighting. If, if it was, I'd be like you, Pilate. I'd have the armies. I'd have the tanks. I'd have the shields. I'd have the swords. I'd have everything that was at my disposal. And they'd be fighting you. But see, Pilate, you got to catch this, Jesus is saying. Pilate, Pilate, you can operate however you want, but the way that the kingdom of God operates is completely different. It looks different. It is different. And then he says this. He says, man, my, my kingdom doesn't come from the world either. I love that line of Jesus. That's, to me, one of the most savage lines of Jesus. Hey, um, Mr. Ruler and Authority, my, my kingdom doesn't come from this world. So, so what he's saying, in essence, can I break it down? Is, hey, Pilate, I don't care if you call me king or if they call me king or if anybody tries to call me king. It doesn't matter. My kingdom comes from my father. He says, so you can, you can downplay that I'm, I'm just a man. Hey, Jew, Jewish religious people, you can downplay that I'm not the son of God, but I know who I am. And I know where my authority comes from, and it comes from the Father. And you know what's awesome about that? that? That when we come into the light of God, when we come into the light of Jesus, we get to become sons and daughters of him. We get to become his kids. And so when we get to become his kids, we get to live under the kingdom and of the ruler that no man, Jesus' ruling ship is not up for grabs. Amen. Like, like the lordship of Jesus is not up for grabs. Catch that? Like, I don't look at the world today and go, oh no. Jesus has really let, let go. <laughs> Funnier, once again, praise the Lord. Like, I think we're like, oh my goodness, where's Jesus at? He's still, in he's still in control. He's still in charge. He's still got this thing. I think he's just looking for the church to start being who we've been called to be. He said, my, my kingdom's not of this world, and you're not going to buy your labels and buy your, it's not up for, no, no, my king, I know who my authority is. My authority is one to live out this thing in light and love and grace and mercy and truth, and to call anybody that would call upon my name, they would be saved, they would be set free, they wouldn't walk in darkness, they would live in light, they would bask in the light, they would bathe in the light, they would rest in the light, they would rest in peace, they would rest in grace, they would rest in hope, they would have a confidence and an assurance to sit in my peace, because that's the kingdom I'm a part of. The authority of Jesus is completely shown here. You don't give it to me, Pilate. And, get, and continues in some other gospel accounts. He actually says, you're not actually taking my life. You have no authority to do this. I'm giving up my life. Come on, that's the best thing. He said, you, you, can, you can talk all day long about how you're going to be the one that puts the gavel down and calls me guilty, but I'm actually giving up my life. <laughs> Anybody thankful for Jesus? says, you can talk all day. It's cool. I'm, I'm giving you the JP paraphrase version. You can run your mouth all day. You can talk all day. You can do whatever you want. You can bring me in and out of this palace 47 times. I'm giving up my life so that anybody that would call upon me would be saved. He literally says, that's my authority. That's all authority I have. And in this moment, as we come to an end, and I'm going to leave us with a question today here. And I'm going to ask us to do something that's way different than we've ever done. I don't think we've ever done this. I look to you like assurance, Pastor Jordan. I want you guys to leave today quietly, reflecting. You want to say hi to somebody, give them a hug, embrace them, but, or maybe give them a fist. I don't know where the rules are today. With, um, don't listen to anything I'm saying in regards to the rules of...
But as we move up to Good Friday, I think we need to remember what's happening and dwell on this. Because at the end of the story, Jesus, just by being in that moment, being there, forces people to choose a kingdom. Because of the presence of Jesus, he forces people to choose who they're going to serve. And what happened then in this moment where we're, Pilate comes out and says, do you want me to release this man? I'll release him. And they say, no, we want Barabbas. In that moment, there was a choice. There was a choice. Do I want Jesus? Do I want the, the one that is going to give me life? Or do I want to reject him? And we'll get to Friday and we'll get to Sunday. But in this moment, there's a, there's a choice that's having to be made. What authority are you going to look to? Because of the presence in the person of Jesus, he calls us to make a choice. It's crazy that in chapter 9 of John, it shares the account that one more time he brings him out and the people begin to declare, we don't have another king. Now, mind you with what I'm about to say, that what they just were about to say, the people of God, the people of Israel, what they say is completely blasphemy. It's crazy. They would never think. They say, we don't have any other king, Pilate, than Caesar. In just a few more moments, they go and they flip the script. They say, we don't have, we don't serve any other king except Caesar. All because Jesus calls us to make a choice. Now, I can't, we don't know, did every person in the crowd say that? I have no idea. I'm not going to add to the scriptures. Oh, you're adding. I'm not doing any of that. Like, we don't know. But I do know that scripture makes it clear that there was a choice. Will we say yes to Jesus or are we going to say we have no other king than Caesar? And what Jesus forces people to do? Show their allegiance. Show their allegiance. You with me? Like, show their allegiance. Like, you with me? You with me all the way to death? You with me all the way to the cross? Are you with me? And we, we get an example, not many. Just a handful stayed with them. But the same call is for us today. Where is your allegiance? Because this thing is about a tale of two kingdoms. You're, you're either going to serve the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of light. You're either going to serve Jesus or you're going to serve the world. And I can tell you, you guys know what I'm about. I can tell you, you're going to miss out. You're going to die if you try to serve the world. It lies to you. It tells you some really good things. It makes it all look good. It wraps it up in a nice little box with a little bow and it says, eat this. It's going to taste good. And can I tell you from experience, it's the worst thing you could ever eat. There's a choice today. Where is your allegiance? Now, I know we live under the new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ. We've talked about this, right? The spirit of God empowering us and strengthening us. But I think the question is still the same for us with that knowledge. Where's your allegiance? Are you crying out with your lives? We want Barabbas. We have no other king except Caesar. That's a sobering thing to think about. I sat in my living room this week and I was typing and reading and studying. And the line, those who listen to my voice know truth. And as I was thinking about this allegiance questions and where am I, where am I, where am I finding myself in? I started to go, man, do I know the truth? Do I know his truth? Do I know his voice in every area of my life? Or has my allegiance been turned in some places and turned to some things or Turn to some podcasts. Turn to some shows. Turn to some books. <laughs> I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying, 
Let's not get into the words of the Father first. See, Jesus was, was completely aligned to his Father's words because he kept going. He kept going all the way to death on a cross. So today, I want you to just bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. And Pastor Jordan's just gonna sing for a few moments. And I'm gonna pray, but the question, and I want you guys to get today to just leave almost in a reflective moment. Do you have fully, have you fully aligned and have full allegiance to the Father? I'm not saying perfection, I'm not saying that, but is there some things you're still holding on to? So for just a few moments, ask him and let the Holy Spirit reveal it and I'll come and pray for us and dismiss us before we go this morning.